Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to another episode of Circling the Bases, probably a part of NBC Sports Edge. I am your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today, as always, Mr. Christopher Crawford. Chris, July 4th weekend just came and went. A mixed bag for us, unfortunately, here in America. How did yeah. yours go? Well, I wish I could say it went well, Colin. I really do. But um, And I know you guys tune in to us to get your fantasy baseball advice, but I'm going to use the limited platform that I have to just say I'm sick of this. I am heartbroken and sick and the events of Highland Park have just ripped me, especially coming so close after what happened in Uvalde. I offer my deepest sympathies, all of my thoughts and prayers and all of that stuff, but I'm also pleading with everyone to contact the people who are necessary to contact so that we can make changes. We can't be the only country that this stuff happens in, man. It's not acceptable. It is just, it is very, very difficult for me to wish everyone a happy independence day when yeah. the things that we fought for are it, it's it was a bad weekend colin i hope everything is going well on your side but i think you echo my sentiments about how heartbreaking all of this really is exactly word for word and you know it just it's one of those unfortunately this is a time to celebrate it's a time to look at positives and just to have something kind of just to laid bare like this on a moment it's right. just it's it's just really heart-wrenching and like you said all of our our thoughts go out to everyone for i mean just pick one pick a pick any incident over the last 15 years and yeah. i mean it's just really hard and like and you and i were talking a little bit before the show just it feels numbing to a certain extent and like every once in a while you have to kind of slap yourself in the face and be like yeah. no you can't get used to it like this no. is not just part of our lives and that's yeah. the part that's really frustrating sure um i mean Here's hoping that there's at least incremental change here and there, mm -hmm. but there's going to be a much larger conversation to be had about all of this as we obviously move into midterms and, and everything else that's going on over the next, you know, two, four, six decade plus years. So, Amen. Um, so yeah, so otherwise, uh, welcome again to everyone out there. It, it's, it's hard to start. It's hard to do any show when you are kind of bringing stuff into the show with you, um, which is always just difficult for us. You and I very often have to kind of, I don't care if we got into a fight with our significant other right beforehand, if we got it, if our parent, we squabbled with our parents right beforehand, we have to cut it and then yeah. do the show. Sure. Occasionally it runs through. And, you know, I'm glad that you kind of took a second to talk about that. Cause I, Absolutely. I yep. Yep. There's uh, there's no such thing as sticking to sports, my friends. This is uh, important stuff, but we will... Um, do our best to get excited about fantasy baseball now. Yes, let's trek on. Coming up on the show today, we are officially halfway through the season. Boy, that really goes fast. Yeah. So we are going to – it really went fast. Really uh, so we are going to give our first half fantasy awards, hand out some midseason MVPs, some Cy Youngs, biggest surprises, biggest disappointments – Good or bad calls from both of us. We're going to hang our heads somewhere here. So lots to discuss in this show. But before we get to handing out some of those coveted yet completely made up awards that we're going to hand out, weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff. Mm -hmm. Coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Angels take on the Orioles in Baltimore this Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. Good morning to you people out there in L.A. this yeah. Sunday. <laughs> to learn more, go to PeacockTV.com slash MLB to watch the game. And if you want a chance to win twenty-five grand on the game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet. 
and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em contest. I was watching MLB Sunday lead off on Sunday, and they mentioned that someone actually took home the 25K the week prior. Hey. So done. So great. give a shout out there. NBC Sports yeah. predictor app powered by PointsBet. It is free. Give it a couple swings. Who knows? Maybe maybe your summer is already paid for. Absolutely. So let's talk. I know, right? And that'd be nice. We can't do it. So we're we're yeah. only here to help you out. All right, we're not. Oh allowed, well. So. Oh well. <laughs> exactly. So let's get to some fantasy awards. Uh, like we said, this is we are basically exactly at the halfway point. So feel free to take all of the stats we're about to give and double them if you feel like that is how we can start projecting things out to the end of the year. Obviously another 80 games to go here. So we got plenty of season left, but after a long, long layoff in the off season, a cold, cold winter with a lockout, it really does feel like this first half of the season just ran through. Yeah. I mean, this went so fast and uh, you know, because you know, so many, there weren't a lot of off days, you know what I mean? Like there are yeah. a lot of teams playing six or seven week uh, schedules. We will have the same thing. In the second half, we'll have some double headers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it went well. I mean, it was, I think, extremely helpful that we got a real spring training or as close to a real spring training as we were going to get. And the quality of baseball was certainly better to begin this season than it was in 2020, which was something I was worried about. And we'll kind of talk about that a little bit later. But, yeah, it's a, a fast first half, some dominant teams, some absolutely atrocious teams, and a nice little hodgepodge of everything in between. Hey, look, I got to say, for a first half of the season, this has been one of my favorites. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I mean, when your team's on historic trends, like fifth best winning percentage through 70 games, like. And in a real good division, too. It's a fun, it's a fun time for me as a Yankee fan and others out there. Let's talk about, let's hit over onto the fantasy diamond, though. Let's talk MVP first. Chris, why don't you start us off with your first half fantasy MVP? This is really close because I think there are three really good candidates you could argue there's more than three really good candidates there's some guys having some some really good season i will say that i am down to the three that i was down to are paul goldschmidt jose ramirez and aaron judge and jordan alvarez is a very nice consolation prize uh behind those three but the reason that i'm gonna go with ramirez is because of what position he plays aaron judge has been great There are lots of great outfielders. Paul Goldschmidt has been very, very good. There's some pretty good first basemen as well. Jose Ramirez, outside of Rafi Devers and Manny Machado for a while until that injury happened, you know, was competing with those guys. Like Jose Ramirez is so clear cut above those guys that it's huge. And a guy who's hit 16 home runs, already drove in his 63 runs. Stolen 12 stolen bases. And that's the big yeah. difference here is that Aaron Judge is honestly six stolen bases from Aaron Judge is fantastic. I mean, you will yeah. definitely Great. take that. And you'll take the three that you got from Paul Goldschmidt at first base as well with the guy who's hitting 340. But Jose Ramirez, I think, has been the best all around fantasy player. And, you know, you can make an argument too about the fact that Aaron Judge and Paul Goldschmidt were guys that, um, outperformed their expectations but yeah. that's just that's a secondary effect the overall mvp to me has been jose ramirez uh, he was on my top three as well i have judge as my mvp right now just simply because i mean the adp i think helps just a little bit in this conversation drafted outside the top 20 that's a little nice but still on pace for if he is going to touch anywhere close to 60 home runs 
we are talking about someone who needs to be in that conversation. And like you yeah. said, these six stolen bases, if you had told me at the beginning of the season that Aaron Judge would play 140-plus games and would have double-digit steals and yeah. close to 60 home runs, that's sure. a bona fide first-rounder, and it's not even yeah. close. Yeah. So, I mean, he has been absolutely marvelous. Although, I will put the caveat out there because I had to do it. If you, We are talking from a world where we play in a roto league in Yahoo. If you are playing in a league, a points league or a league where Shohei Otani is the same person for both sure. pitching and hitting, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I had to go back to his stats real quick. A seven and four record with a 2.68 ERA, 101 strikeouts to only 17 walks across 74 innings. Oh, and by the way, he also has 18 home runs, 51 RBIs, <laughs> eight stolen bases, and 47 runs. Like, I mean, it's, it almost feels very LeBron at the beginning of his career where you're like, it's going to be real hard for someone. You are going to have to break. Yeah, Abe Ruth's home run record to yeah. take an MVP away from Shohei Otani for right. the next like three, four years. Like that's Absolutely. just simply how it's going to be. So, I mean, if you are working obviously in Yahoo, Shohei is two different players. Right. So that kind of obviously splits him apart. But if you were in a league with just one, I'm in a points league with him. He's got a hundred more points than anybody else in yeah. the league, and it's not close. So he's, he's a cheat code. Just, like, just an absolute cheat code. And we will. I hope people really appreciate it. I, I was talking about this on Twitter the other day. There's going to be other two-way players. I don't think we're ever going to see anything like this ever again. So nope. please appreciate Shohei Otani. And also please get this guy in the playoffs because I would really like to see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Shohei Otani and Mike Trout in the postseason. Oh, that we might not see that. It's just uh, – it, it, yeah. it hurts. Yeah, I, I, uh, but yeah, that's a great call in points leagues, Shohei Otani. I also wonder, like in real life MVP, if we are going to so – we're talking about it now because Russell Westbrook is not a fantastic basketball player anymore. But remember he averaged the triple-double yes. and then he did it a couple of more times, I believe, and then everybody was just kind of like, all right, this Over already it. happened. Yeah. But a triple-double, as flawed as that stat can be in terms of efficiency and stuff like that, is still an incredible statistic. Oh, yeah. I hope that the voters don't say – all right, we saw him do this once before, and the team's not going to make the postseason. Do we really have to? In real life, Shohei Otani has to be the literal most valuable player in baseball. Yeah, and we emphasis on that word valuable because yeah, exactly. boy, he is literally two people. It's incredible. All right, let's talk a little Cy Young here. Who is your yeah. fantasy Cy Young for the first half of the season? This is really close, too. I think there's a big three again, and it's Shane McClanahan, Justin Verlander, and Sandy Alcantara. I'm going to go with McClanahan just because of the strikeouts. Like 133 and 98 in the third innings is just stupid. He also has the lowest DRA of those guys. He also has the lowest whip. So it actually wasn't that close. Shane McClanahan, to me, is pretty easily the the Cy Young of, of fantasy pitchers. There's been some really good performances this year. Tony Gonsolin has a 1.54 ERA. Uh, Corbin Burns, after kind of a slow start, has been really good. Alec Manoa, even with a shaky outing in his last one against Oakland. I can't imagine how many people are frustrated by the results that happened last night, assuming that Alec Manoa is just going to dominate that terrible A's lineup. I was, I but was Shane, baffled by yeah, that. Yeah, but Shane McClanahan, 133 strikeouts in 98 in the third innings. I'm just going to repeat that again. Man, that's really impressive, and he's got to get my vote. That was my top three as well, and I had McClanahan – at number one on that list as well. Just, yeah. it, I think it's even more impressive that he's doing this on the Rays, a Rays yeah. team that's so 
that treats every pitcher with kid gloves the second yeah. you like walk one guy in the sixth inning, <laughs> the bullpen. Like it's just so quick how that how that hook comes. He has been given the length. Kevin Cash has given him the spot and he has taken it. But him at number two. I mean, the other night when and you know that you're like a millennial, someone who grew up in a in a day where like where pitchers actually went the distance and you know or or older when we had that i think it was just the other day when mattingly comes out in like the bottom of the ninth inning and like talks to him and gives him one more runners on first second one run game the game should have already been over they came back in the bottom in the top of the ninth and he gives him the spot gets the double play he turns to mattingly and gives the point and i was standing up on my couch like this <laughs> like i was a, like i was a marlins fan because yeah. that's exciting to me and alcantara the innings that he has pitched is incredible this year sure. and so far as i'm speaking right now yeah i was just gonna say <laughs> i mean six and two thirds with seven strikeouts and two hits against the angels right now so yeah just doing what Sandy does right now. Um, Verlander has just been I, the idea that Verlander is where he is right now, coming off of basically not not pitching at all last year, coming off of a Tommy John at his age is just astounding and is rewriting what we think of old pitcher Tommy John to a certain extent because he just keeps going out there and not only he's pitching into the seventh eighth inning when he wants, he's getting over a hundred plus pitches every time. He's, sure, he's being efficient with them it's just incredibly impressive for someone at 38 39 years old coming off of tommy john and missing an entire year just give him the comeback player of the year oh yeah just yeah just etch it in there now yeah yeah. really impressive stuff chris i cannot imagine that you're going anywhere but one for rookie of the year for the first half but tell me Tell me a reason why you're not going Julio. You know, I'll tell you this. Like a month ago, it wouldn't have been him. It would have been Jeremy Pena. I mean, Jeremy Pena has been fantastic. Yes, he has. He's been some good rookie performances this year. It's been nice. Bobby Witt Jr. got off to an Mm -hmm. atrocious start and has looked fantastic since then. Uh, Not talked about enough, to be completely honest, which is weird to say for a player, you know, that was easily the highest drafted rookie. He's been really good. Who was talked up a lot in the offseason. All of a sudden, it's kind of quiet. And I I think that has a lot to do with two words, the first being Kansas and the second being city. Um, But yeah, Julio Rodriguez is easily, I mean, this guy is going to have a 30-30 season unless something terrible goes wrong. A 30-30 season is a lot. This guy... I almost guarantee we'll have a 40-40 season someday. He is that fast and that strong. I mean, just a special baseball player who has been one of the reasons that the Mariners have kind of gotten themselves back into this thing. Another has been the absolutely atrocious schedule that they've been playing as of late. But beggars can't be choosers, and I've been so impressed with what Julio Rodriguez is. All due respect to Pena, Mackenzie Gore, a bunch of rookies. Joe Ryan was excellent before his injury. It's Julio, and it's not even close. Yeah, it's Julio. It, again, like you said, it's Julio, and it's not close, just simply because he's just – he's taking everybody out of the conversation. Yeah. Um. Also, just someone else you didn't mention on that spot, Spencer Strider has just looked so oh, good yeah. as well. During the sure. You see that 102.3-mile-an-hour pitch that he that he whipped out the other day? My I've God. seen that mustache too. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's that's classic. 42 yeah. with a 287 ERA, 90 strikeouts across 59 and two-thirds innings. I mean, let just, me ask you, that K percentage is just incredible. Let me ask you a quick question about Julio Rodriguez. Okay. The season starts tomorrow. Is he a first-round pick? Mm. Is he a first-round pick? No. 
I think and he I'm is, gonna, man. I'm going to say I, no, and I'm going to say it's entirely because he is an outfielder where I feel like fair. he might slip down just a tiny yeah, bit. Sure. But, I mean, is he a top 25 player if we were to redraft now to the end of the year? Yeah. Maybe I think like we're, I think Cedric Mullins got, got drafted around like what? Uh, he got drafted in the early 30s. Like, yeah. Could we say that? I mean, he was 30 30 last year. So I'm just trying to put it in like a, a verbal sure. context. So yeah. he got, we drafted him around 30 33. I think I have him here. We drafted on Yahoo Leagues, he was drafted 39th. Yeah. He, did, he does not have the um, pedigree and like the, the hype that Julio has. So we'd bump him up at least another round. He goes in the yeah. top three rounds easy. Yeah, I think I think he's going. I personally would take him at the bottom of the first round just because okay. I believe in the power speed combination so much. Uh, the outfield thing does hurt, but I will say this: the fact we're even talking about Having that a for a twenty-one-year-old is pretty insane. Good for you, Julio. Yeah, those stolen bases just mean that much more. Oh gosh, Julio. absolutely, hundred percent. In a points league, obviously, I'd probably he he probably falls outside the top forty picks just because there are guys with more with more umph and more power in front of them and stolen bases being kind of devalued in points leagues, but in roto leagues, it's hard to argue against that. Yeah. Uh, let's do biggest fantasy surprise. I like doing the positives first. Let's do biggest fantasy surprise of the year before we do disappointments. Chris, Colin, I'm, Actually, I'm before, you, you, do that, before yeah. you do that first, we are on rookies. So let me bring one up here. Uh, Brian Bello for the Red Sox going to make his debut. Yeah. Uh, this we kind of talk that up a little bit first before we move on from rookies. Sure. I'm excited to see it. He was ranked my, the only reason he was ranked my number two prospect is because I knew Nick Lodolo was coming up by the way, right. Lodolo pitching very well against the Mets right now, yeah, which is good to see a very good lineup. Uh, I like him a lot. A guy who can miss bats with three pitches. Tampa Bay is not the easiest landing spot for a young starting pitcher. That's a pretty talented lineup that can load up on uh, because of the depth that they have. And like, I, I swear Tampa Bay has 21 bench players on the roster. Yeah. I, I don't know how they are able to do this mix and match so much. So I think he's going to face a lot of left-handed hitters. So that will be a, a, a tough test for him, but the swing and miss stuff is very much there. I would be adding him. <sighs> This is a tough one for me to say, like, I think he's going to get more than one start. I don't think this is just going to be a one thing. I might add him and see how he looks against Tampa Bay. If you're desperate for streaming action, take the chance because I do think he's got a great chance to miss bats. But this is a tough landing spot. This is not my favorite, but I'm really excited for Bayo in the future. Yeah, I think the biggest issue with him just for 2022 purposes is just how much run does he get at the major league level? Obviously, Chris Sale coming back soon. Or Again, we've seen pitchers come back and then go right on the IL and be out for the sure. season like we've seen with Di Sclafani and like we've seen with um, Strasburg. And Chris, and Chris Sale has had the injury issues that we have to have put him in that kind of conversation. But right. he's coming back soon. Um, Eovaldi coming back soon off the IL. Just There's going to have to be some tough decisions. Bellow's going to have to impress from the jump. But if he impresses in that Tampa Bay game, there is an opportunity, I think, for him to stay in that rotation. Absolutely. Uh, and that gave me some time to actually make my decision of who I want to be my biggest surprise, or my best surprise, I should say. I'm going to go with Dansby Swanson. Like, this yep. was a guy that we talked about mm -hmm. for in our shortstop preview about, like, where to rank him because it was like, does he have the upside to compete with the guys like Wander Franco and Bobby Wood Jr. and those guys? Uh, 
yeah, he is currently ranked 11th in fantasy leagues on Yahoo right now. He's hitting 304, 361 on base percentage, 14 homers, 49 stolen bases. I think it's worth pointing out that this was a first overall draft pick from Vanderbilt. And, you know, it was a question of whether or not he could sustain this. And I guess we still have to have the question of whether or not he could say yeah. this because the last time I checked, there's still about 75 to 80 games left to be played. But a guy who was being drafted in the late to mid to late rounds at best is now one of the best performers in baseball and tapping into that potential we've seen. Also stolen 12 bases. I did not see that coming no, at he has all. Been yeah. So, yeah, that I, that is one of my favorite surprises. The other one I will throw out real quick. Tommy Edmond was a guy who everybody was like fading, fading, fading. And he has struggled as of late. But he's giving you so much production for a guy who was drafted in the late rounds that we didn't know if he was going to have a role, again, because of those stolen bases. They matter, folks. I know they're frustrating, but they do matter. Uh, but Tommy Edmond would be up there. But Dansby Swanson, goodness gracious. I'm pulling up his ADP now. Uh, Dansby Swanson in Yahoo Leagues, 118. So, yeah. again, outside the top 10 rounds. Look, at one point at the end of, I want to say, like beginning of May – mid-May, he was on both Yahoo and ESPN's most drop list. Like oh, People wow. were over him initially because <laughs> he got off to a slow start. I mean, right. unfortunately, he plays shortstop, which is a pretty deep position at this point. So I think people yeah. were like, okay, great. I'll go grab Jerry, Jeremy Pena instead and drop Dan Swanson. And yeah. I think that was the type of move that a lot of people were making. And anybody who did is kicking themselves right now. And anybody who was able to pick them up, if that was the case is sure. absolutely laughing all the way to the bank. Dansby has been excellent. Um, and as always, that hair is phenomenal oh, for gosh. me. Best surprise. I mean, we mentioned Tony Gonsolin already and good God, if you had said oh, yeah, that's great season, call. that Tony Gonsolin would be 10 and zero with a one five, four ERA, um, a point point eight two whip. That's relief. That's elite reliever whip. Like that's yeah. nonsense. Um, <laughs> He is what I see 87th percentile and expected ERA 87th 87th percentile and expected batting average 93rd percentile and hard hit percentage. Like he's earning it. Um, the only issue with him and I just, it's one of the things that we've kind of banged uh, on the table a little bit so far in the last couple of weeks. is just that he's already at 81 and two thirds innings pitched this season. His prior right. career high was 56. So I just wonder how does this play over the next, 12, 14, 15 starts. I just yeah. wonder a little bit about that. Obviously, the Dodgers, with Walker Bueller's injury and a little bit of a question marks in that rotation, they are clearly looking at needing him in October. I just wonder if that kind of affects fantasy managers down the stretch. But, I mean, 10 and 0 with a 154 ERA, just keep plotting that out there every single start and, and count it all the way to the bank. Uh, also, along with him, CJ Crone. Uh, ADP 129 in Yahoo leagues, and he's kind of living up to that. A uh, 297 yeah. batting average, 20 home runs, 65 RBIs, 49 runs, and an OPS over nine. He's going to blow by his career high of 30 home runs. I mean, first base is obviously a deep position with plenty of slug sluggers, but getting, I mean, we're talking about 130 is his ADP. He's a top 50 hitter right now, the way that he is continuing to hit, especially in points leagues where stolen bases don't matter. So, um, so I mean, CJ Crone, just absolute value for where you were able to grab him. The Coors Field effect is helping him out greatly. And you know what? 
fantasy managers will let will lap that up for the rest yeah. of the season. So yeah, I will just say this: not a surprise to me. Had him ranked very high in my first base rankings. I bought in, and part of it was Coors Field, and then part of it is just the fact that he just looks like a different hitter. Like he, he showed does. flashes when we used with his various organizations before, but nothing like this. And I will say this for CJ Crone. I am a little nervous that he might change organizations. And I think he could be successful if he's, if he's in a different ballpark, he's put up road, good road numbers, but especially in this year where we talked about it in the last podcast, there are just not a lot of great offensive options CJ Crone goes somewhere else. I think that you actually, he's the rare guy who, if he goes to a better team, his stock might actually go down. Just something to keep in mind. And then real quick too, another guy that I thought about Josh Bell was a guy. I think we were concerned about just because of the fact that there's nobody to drive in. Uh, But he's hit 318 with an on-base percentage, right around 400, 12 homers, 47 RBIs. I also think he could be a guy who changes organization and stock way up if that does happen because way Josh Bell can, can flat out hit. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. A lot of those uh, lot of those uh, surprises are coming from the not-so-hot corner. Let's talk about the fantasy – some of your biggest fantasy disappointments over the first half of the year. Yeah. Why don't you kick us off there? I mean, there's unfortunately a few of these guys who have just not lived up to the hype. I mean, Luis Robert was the guy who I picked to win MVP, and it hasn't really been – uh, his fault that he's um, he's fit okay. Like yeah. when he's been on the field, the injuries, unfortunately, and I, and I, I'm going to go ahead and not go with an injury guy here. Uh, Juan Soto, an incredibly disappointing season, but the guy I'm going to go with, and it's again, this is so subjective because it goes with your expectations and right. reality. It's that 500 days of summer scene where uh, expectation exactly. and reality play next. Bo Bichette, like, He's been better as of late, and I'm super believing in him over the second half of the season. But this is not what people signed up for. A guy who was going in the top three picks in a lot of drafts has hit 257, 12 homers, only stolen the five bases, and I believe has been caught stealing four times. Like, that's just not going to get it done. I, I Again, I love Bo Bichette. I, the, the metrics suggest that he's been much better. Andrew Stoughton and I talked about it, how – um, they, there's, he's been much better than those numbers suggest that doesn't help you if you draft him in fantasy with the top five pick and he's produced, he's currently ranked 122nd in Yahoo leagues that, uh, hard to argue that that's not one of the most disappointing players in baseball. Led the league in hits last year with 191 this yeah. year so far through half the season through exactly 80 games, 87 hits just yeah. for a guy who. That's his calling card is his hit tool. It just does not seem to have gotten there just yet. He's no. going to need a big second half of the year to make up ground for, like you said, what a lot of the draft <laughs> capital that people invested in him at the beginning of the year. Right. Um, for me, disappointments. Uh, I mentioned Cedric Mullins, like a disappointment so far. Look, the stolen bases are there with 16 of them, but only seven home runs. This was a 30-30 yeah. guy last year. You drafted him as such. And he has not lived up to that. A lot of blue on that baseball savant page. The pitching trident of Lucas Giolito, Jose Barrios, and Craig Kimball. Yeah. Like, yeah. big issues there from all of them. We, the, all three of them were expected to make a big jump up this year. 
all three of them taking a big step backwards. So all of them, I mean, that's, that's been really disappointing. Max Muncy has an ADP of 106, but he's hitting 163 on the year. Seven home runs, 23 RBIs, not a stolen base, and an OPS just barely over six. Like, yeah. that's not what you were looking for from a guy who is in the middle of a of a uh, Los Angeles Dodgers lineup. I know. Who has been really a – I mean, the only issue we had with him was just an injury concern coming into the year. But otherwise, he has produced every single year. So that has been right. very surprising. But my biggest fantasy disappointment – Salvi Perez. Look, yeah. I know he is now out for six to eight weeks with an injury, but before that, 211, 254, 426, 11 home runs, which is appreciated, but 34 RBIs, 25 runs, an OPS of 680. Um, his ADP was 32. The next closest ADP was in the late 70s. Like, this was <laughs> the guy that you went up to go grab at catcher. Yeah, and he has not been an he was not an elite catcher before he went down with an injury, and now he's going to be out two months. Like this is just wildly disappointing if you bothered to spend the capital there. Wilson Contreras, on the other hand, drafted, I believe, one sixty two on average. Like just to show you the absolute difference in between those two type of catchers right now. Yeah. I mean, that it just hurts if you are a Salvi owner, a Salvi Perez owner. It just hurts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple other guys. And by the way, we both faded Salvador Perez, so yes, we're we smart did. because we just we didn't so much fade him. It suggested that he's not worth a third round pick. Correct. There's just it was impossible for him to replicate, and he hasn't come close to that. Um, a couple of other outfielders that have really disappointed me: Teoscar Hernandez, also with the yeah. Blue Jays, has not been as good as. And it's funny because we both, I, or at least I remember saying like the underrated, underrated uh, oh, for the last two years. Yeah, down. and then all of a sudden. Not so much. Some of it to do with injuries, and I expect him to be better in the second half. And also, Nick Castellanos, uh, two forty-eight, mm-hmm. has just been a disappointment. As there's a drive into deep left field, and that'll make it a four-nothing <laughs> game. I've just always wanted to do that. I know the only problem is we can't do it while talking about Castellanos. <laughs> gotta, it's got to be thrown in somewhere in the middle. Oh, I guarantee he just hit a home run right now. Did guarantee he? it. No. I hope he did because he seems to know exactly when it's happening. Um, <laughs> I, I expect a big second half from Castellanos. Me I mean, too. He's going to need, need him and Teoscar and Bo Bichette. Like These guys are simply too good Absolutely. for them to be where they are right now. I'd invest in all of them, if possible, before your trade deadline because I just the, the second half of the year just simply has to be better than the first half. Absolutely. And, and just real quick on Juan Soto, that's the exact same thing. Like yeah. he, he, he is not going to end up being the number one fantasy player in baseball and you took him with the number one pick or the number two pick. And that's disappointing, but it's going to be fine. He is going to be a producer in the second half of the season. Like Juan Soto could be hitting negative .06, and I would still say Juan Soto is the guy that you have to have in the lineup. It's just frustrating that he plays on such a redacted show team that the RBIs are just not going to be there. By the way, Nelson Cruz pulled from the lineup before the start of the game – Wonder if that could be a little uh, tradey weighty. Uh, uh, definitely, I saw, I saw Def- Chris Archer also get pulled before the game as well. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, two guys, uh, two veteran presences who could very easily and probably almost assuredly will be on the move before the end of this month. Very well, could be. Uh, let's talk about let's let's give ourselves either some pats on the backs or some slaps on the wrist. Let's talk about our best, some of our best and worst calls so far through the first half of the year. Um, for me, I'll start off. Mm-hmm. Some calls that I think I've gotten right so far. Uh, I will say hello to the Grays, Sonny and John. 
Um, Sonny Gray, 4-1 and one with a 2.47 ERA. I believed heavily in the change of scenery from going from Cincinnati to Minnesota. That has worked out very nicely for him. lot of red on that baseball savant page, including an 84th percentile and expected ERA. 95th percentile on fastball spin. I mean, 77th percentile on expected slugging and batting average. Like a lot of really good stats for a guy drafted outside the top 120. Um, the only knock against him has been three different short IL stints. That yeah. has been obviously the knock. That's really the only thing that has stopped him from being, I think, better well known across what he's done so far this year because he's been excellent. Um, also, and like I said, sticking with the Grays, John Gray. ADP 257. You might not have even had to draft him um, right. so far this year, though. Four and four with a 396 ERA, 1.164 whip, 83 strikeouts across 77 innings. Look, talking about change of ballpark, there are a few people that that means more to than John Gray finally getting out of Coors Field and yep. going to Texas since the start of June, since getting used to his new climate. Gray is three and two with a 2.7 ERA, 51 strikeouts to 13 walks across 43 innings. He has a he has a FIP of an even three over that time. He has been excellent. And again, for a guy who was basically undrafted, those are phenomenal numbers. And I think he is looking really good from now to the end of the year. Um, another good call for me, avoiding Charlie Morton for where he was being drafted. His ADP 79th. Um, he's got an ERA over 4.3, a whip over 1.2. Pitchers drafted right after him. Uh, on average in Yahoo drafts, Logan Webb, Frankie Montas, you Darvish, Carlos Rodon, Alec Manoa. Those are the next five pitchers that were drafted after him. Nice. On average, I would take all five of them over Uncle Charlie. So I'll give myself a little pat on the bat there. Although if I know Charlie Morton, he will have a phenomenal second half of the year and make me eat those words all over again. Chris, give me some of your best calls. Right, I will say this: Charlie Morton is starting to. He's but starting just, to. That's why I'm getting, I got a little yeah. nervous typing it yeah. down when I was yeah. getting prepared it, for the show. But I was like, no, nah, I still feel pretty good about where he was. Absolutely, because the numbers prior to this are have been bad, and those yeah. numbers absolutely count. Um, so for our magazine, we do something where we pick a player to avoid and a player that is unheralded that could do better. There's there's an official term for it that is just not coming to my head right now, but that's okay. Uh, the player I picked. Two as underrated was Joe Ryan, and I feel awfully good about that. Yes, you should. ERA of three uh, has looked outstanding. Uh, it's pitching near the top of a rotation of a, a team that we just have to say is very good in the Minnesota Twins yeah. at this point. Been very happy with that. And the player to avoid, and I, I don't like being right about this because I think he's a, a neat player and somebody that you know I want to succeed. Tyler O'Neill scared the heck out of me, and so far I've been unfortunately yeah. proven right. Um, I believe he's hitting 246 currently on the injured list, which was another concern for me. When you are built like that, where you are a um, basically a fire hydrant of a human being, you're so strong and so fast and all of that stuff, injuries are going to happen, man, and it's something that he's dealt with through his career. I also knew that he could not possibly hit for that kind of average that he mm -hmm. did last year with that much swing and miss. It doesn't matter how much hard contact you make when you do make hard contact. If you swing and miss a lot, you are not going to hit for a high average most of the time unless you are a special player. And all due respect to Tyler O'Neill, he's really not a special player. He's a good player. He's a valuable player. This was a guy who was going in the second and third round, I believe, of drafts, and he hasn't come close to living up to that. 
No, he is not. And this is his second IL stint this year. Mm-hmm. He is co- he is now on a rehab assignment, though, coming back very soon. So hopefully he has the ability to change that narrative. But you're oh, right. absolutely. a lot of swing and miss in that game. But this was a guy who was, I think, very close to 30-30 last year. Um, yeah. And then that, that was just the potential that you were hoping for. Even if the batting average was going to take a little bit of a hit, you were still hoping for those type of numbers to still be sure. there. Yeah, and um, four homers and six stolen bases, even in limited playing time, tell you that he hasn't even come close to those rates. Correct. Uh, why don't you give us – why don't we talk some of our bad calls? Let's mea culpa over here. Um, I have two right off the top of my head. Bang the drum for both of these guys at the beginning of the year and had a lot of shares of them in a lot of leagues and have dropped all of them. Um, and that is Joe Adele and Joey Gallo. I don't need to get into the stats because if you're listening to this, you know exactly what <laughs> I was wrong on that. Look, Joe Adele had a spring training to remember, and I was all aboard the bandwagon to say, like, this is the year he becomes like a Byron Buxton type of just being a five-tool player. Um, that obviously did not happen. <laughs> Ward out there basically did everything that I was hoping Joe Adele was going to do, um, Taylor Ward. So that has been a bummer. Obviously, Adele now back in the minors. I, I still wonder if there's a trade chip there for him to go somewhere else and maybe hit the refresh button just simply because the Angels need to invest in the now, and I'm not sure how much longer they can wait. Sure. And then, obviously, Joey Gallo. Look, I thought for a full season in pinstripes with the short porch being drafted way outside the top 150, like I, I felt like there was great value there. I thought even if the batting average hurt, this was still a guy that you could pretty much write in for 30 home runs. This was a guy on that Yankee team that you could write in for at least 80 RBIs. He was going to be hitting in the middle of a lineup. Um, everything seemed to work out in my head on that front. Um, but boy, it does not seem like it's working out in Joey Gallo's head in New York. Uh, that This marriage just has not seemed to work out. I think both sides want out. And Joey Gallo is obviously went from a hundred percent rostered to under 40, I think last time I checked. So just a bad year for Joey Gallo. And unfortunately a bad, uh, a bad call for me for the first half. Yeah. And I'll say this, the Joe Adele thing, it's like, and that's one I think that I would say as well, hasn't really been our fault that much. I don't know what the angels are doing with this dude. Like I don't get the development plan here at all. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I've done pretty well with my calls. I'm kind of struggling to think of like one that I've really gotten wrong. I was thinking about Spencer Torkelson. And then I remembered I cautioned everybody that you wanted him on your bench rather than being your starting first baseman or third baseman. Um, Adley Rutschman, I guess it's been a pretty decent disappointment. Like I thought he would have a little bit more power at this point in his career, but he hasn't been a, a horrible mistake by any means trying to think here like it's it's weird normally i have a bunch of these because i am an idiot i get paid to do this for some reason but somebody (laughs) is going to figure out that i do not know what i am talking about uh boy i don't (laughs) this was a struggle call i figured okay here's here's another one Uh, we talked about him here too tommy edmund i completely faded i i wanted no part of him on my rosters and a guy that has you know struggled as of late, but a guy who has also ranked 29th in Yahoo leagues while having eligibility at second base, shortstop, and outfield with yeah. a 266 average and 335 on base percentage. I don't like him for the rest of the season. I, I just think that there's not going to be enough average here, and I don't know if he can keep up this type of stolen base rate. He'll help there. 
but I, I, I would guess that those are uh, the other one that I got wrong is um, I really wanted to push Luis areas up and I just didn't do it. And I feel stupid about it. Like this guy's hitting 348, 422, only four homers, but has put up a lot of doubles to help you in the slugging percentage uh, more than you would expect for somebody. This is also a guy who's eligible at first base, second base, third base, and outfield, currently ranked 27th percent in leagues. So that's actually my biggest miss is kicking myself for not selling on Luis Arias more because this guy is a good, good hitter. Yeah, that is that is a pure baseball hitter right there, boys and girls. Yes, like that yeah, is, absolutely. That's an old school, like, look, I'm going to put bat on ball, and it's not, it doesn't have to go 450. It just, yeah. it just needs to find grass. That's all that yeah. matters. Absolutely. And um, that Jeff Fasson article, by the way, is fantastic about yes, him making is. batting average cool again. I would strongly recommend reading everything at NBC first and then maybe going yeah, over yeah. to ESPN. And then, and yeah, then dabble elsewhere. <laughs> dabble, yeah. You know, dip your toes into the water at the other Yes, yeah, just a quick dip. Let's, uh, let's, let's throw out a couple bold second half predictions here um, before we end the show. Just obviously as we're kicking this off, um, for me, let's, I got – one here. I think the White Sox finally getting healthy here. I think there's a real opportunity for the White Sox. Still only five and a half games back of the Twins. That's very manageable. Two games back from the Guardians. I think the White Sox with Eloy Jimenez, I believe, going to be uh, activated tomorrow. A big second half from Luis Roberts. Andrew Vaughn has looked really good. You, you know, Yoan Mancata getting healthy. Lance Lynn back on the lineup. I think the White Sox come back and win the Central. I believed in them in the beginning of the season. I think I had them winning the American League for me. No, I had them winning the Central. I had the Blue Jays winning the American League at the beginning of the season. Um, I still think I still believe in the White Sox. The team is simply too talented to think to be where they are. I'm going to take them to come back and win the Central. Uh, other bold second half prediction for me: Ryan Helsley, a top five closer over the second mm. half of the year. This is a guy who the the rates are just elite. Yeah, and if I I will, you know, sometimes we talk about baseball savant pages and we talk about like, oh, he's in the 72nd percentile and we use that as a real positive. Sure. I'm going to tell you the stats that he's in the 99th percentile or higher. <laughs> That's expected weighted on base average, expected ERA, expected batting average, expected slugging, K percentage, whiff percentage, chase rate, fastball velocity, and fastball spin. All of those are in the 99th or higher in the league. Um, he is... He's got a 0.83 ERA, a 0.64 whip. He only has six saves so far, but that's mainly because he was not the closer to start out the year. Giovanni Gallegos was. Since right. June 4th, it has pretty much been Helsley's job. Cardinals have not been giving him the opportunities of late, even though they've been winning games. I think that changes in the second half of the year. He is still available in a lot of leagues. These ratios are no joke, and I think he has the chance to be a top five closer rest of the season. I think that's a great call. I That stuff is just filthy, and I think he is the best option for a team that you know should be competing for a playoff spot. Um, I'm going to say one of my biggest predictions, and it's well, less fantasy and more about just overall. I'm going to say the San Diego Padres missed the playoffs again. And I am just like, what is going on in the second half of this year? Unless the Padres add – Somewhere between two and six bats. I don't think this team is making the postseason. I also think Atlanta is going to end up winning the NL East again. I think there's going to be four teams from the American League East that end up making the playoffs. And if you really think about that, I know we have one extra playoff spot, 
That's insane for That's four insane. teams to make the postseason. I mean, it would have happened last year. It means that I think the White Sox actually they've been better, and I think they're getting healthier. And part of this is I just want the Twins to be good. I I just love what Minnesota did in the offseason and (laughs) stuff. Um, I will also say that I think the Giants are going to be sellers, and Carlos Rodon is going to go and help somebody win a division. I don't know who, but like – I think my the the guy that uh, I got to do a fantasy draft with once in with Suspended's Family Barbecue in a very weird story that I will never tell. Uh, Carlos Rodon, I think, will go to a contender and be a difference maker. Like that is a guy I would be looking to acquire right now because he's been good this year. I think if he gets a chance to play on a team that can score a, a little more runs, I, the, the uh, Giants' offense hasn't been atrocious by any means. But I think Carlos Rodon is going to have a big second half, and it's going to be for a different baseball team. I mean, even if he end up for some reason staying pat there, I mean, it's still a good pitcher spot for him. Yeah. I mean, it's nice when you kind of make a trade in fantasy that isn't contingent upon a real life trade, you know, on the actual on the actual field. Like 100%. there are certain ones, like we're talking about, like Josh Bell here. Like if you wanted to move mountains to go grab Josh Bell, that's fine, but that's with the expectation that he's going to be wearing a different uniform in a couple mm-hmm. weeks. Yep. Um, obviously, that changes the conversation. Rodon has just simply been really good. One way or the other, I feel, I agree with you. I think a big second half is coming. Keep in mind, he's basically still playing on a one-year contract, prove-it contract here. So, yep. like, he has a financial incentive to be really, really good till the end of the year. And 100%. then just to, just to finish up, going back to your call, I also had – Four teams from the American League East making the postseason this year, which is nuts. And that's even more nuts considering that the Yankees are doing historical stuff and that division is still that good that they're going to, that there's a real possibility that they're bringing four in there. That to me is just absolute nonsense. There, this division's been really good for a long time, but Mm -hmm. rarely has it had something historic going on on top usually they're just punching each other in the face so much that they all end up around like 92 93 wins and make the postseason this is this is one of those years where we might see three 90 plus win teams from the east and the fourth one might be right behind that and baltimore has not been a cesspool either they have not like this is lucky they're really lucky yeah i mean and there there's a real reason to be excited about them in the long term other than the fact that you know, you look at what New York, Boston, Toronto, and Tampa Bay have, and you don't, it's hard to see them going anywhere. But like yeah. Baltimore's got some really impressive young talent. That division is so much fun in a spectrum where you look at these other divisions and they're really not that much fun. Like the NL Central has been a little better than I predicted, mainly because Pittsburgh's been a. It's weird to say about a team that's going to lose 95 games, but 32 and 47 feels like they're much better than they were going to be at this point. But like everywhere else is just like a real good team and a bunch of humdrum outside of, I guess, the National League East is too. I can see three teams making it. Some of this depends on if Bryce Harper can be healthy, but man, the AL East. Yeah. Yeah. The AL East is just special. Yeah, it's it's funny. I was doing a thought experiment the other day. I'm just like, what is the bizarro world of like, what if Minnesota was in the East and yeah. you know, like Tampa Bay was in the Central? Like, sure. What does that? What do those divisions look like? Like, yeah. I mean, Minnesota we're talking about as the class of the Central. I'm not sure they crack the top. They don't crack the top three in the East. No. Meanwhile, whoever is fourth place in the East, I might take over just about anyone in the Central. Like, 100%. it's just amazing to think of that. Just the geographical boundaries, kind of. 
almost creating a juggernaut conference, Big yeah. Ten SEC yeah. style versus, sure. uh, versus everybody else. Oh, I'd love to talk about the Big Ten if we had more yeah, time. Yeah, because... next week. Next week, I have absolutely yeah. no problem talking about that. <laughs> For sure. But that just about finishes up our show for today. If you enjoyed the show, well, then make sure you are subscribed to wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode in the future. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate and review us. Five stars for our first half performance, I hope. And while you are at it, be sure to follow NBC Sports Edge on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch to be informed of all of our live shows, Q&As, segments, articles, and more so you can be informed and join in on all the action. You can follow me on Twitter at Lie, and you can follow Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Be sure to tune back in tomorrow as Chris invites David Roth of The Defector onto the pod, so make sure you don't miss it. So until then, stay safe out there, and as always, thanks for the listen. Dom Smith, huge second half, probably in AAA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.